Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State. Big win against Texas in Stillwater for the 101st edition of Homecoming. Should we all maybe get off Spencer's back and stop speculating when Gunner Gunny's going to play? And when I say we, guys, I mean me and that the mouse in my pocket. Um, I have been speculating, predicated upon... You know, how many times, you know, practice reps have been deviated more towards Gunnar Gundy. But we're, we need to, we need to, me and my mouth in my pocket, need to stop questioning when Spencer Sanders is going to play. Because apparently the dude's an Iron Man. And if he's not on the field, then it becomes a story. Is Gunnar prepared? Obviously, yes, he is with the amount of reps he's gotten. But is Spencer Sanders not going to play? Well, it doesn't look like it. So... I'll stop with that. <laughs> um, did Texas let the game slip away? Or did Oklahoma State legitimately take control and grab the game by the horns? Yes, there was a pun intended. And take down Texas. I don't think you can argue both this time. I don't think Texas fans can say, oh, Sarkeesian's terrible and he just can't get it done on the road even though his road record indicates that may be the, the, the case but a lot of times they piss games away they slip games away just like you know Gundy does have a propensity sometimes to do as well um but this time that didn't happen I think we definitely took control of the game and as I said earlier I'm definitely going to stop second guessing Spencer Sanders um now if you saw some of my previous videos, you know, I was on the Spencer Sanders hype train for Heisman early on in the season because he deserved it then, right? Were things probably going to change throughout the course of the season? Yeah, possibly. And and they have. Spencer Sanders is obviously dealing with some injuries. He's not 100%. But, guys, he did have a few throws against Texas that were on-the-money NFL-ready throws. So, you know... Uh, Maybe he's, uh, you know, pro progressing with his injury. Who knows? But what he is, maybe maybe he's not a Heisman guy, all right? Even though he's probably going to shatter most of the records at OSU for a quarterback, you know. Most recently, we had Mason Rudolph, who, yes, he's getting screwed in Pittsburgh. They just didn't let the man go. Like, let him go do something. Could he potentially start somewhere? Yeah, I, I think he can. Could he also potentially be uh, a longtime backup, like a Seneca Wallace? Or Chase Daniel and make bukus and bukus of money to be somebody who's super reliable? Yeah, but is it going to happen in Pittsburgh? Clearly not. Sorry, I'll get off that little soapbox. But yeah, Spencer's going to take down a lot of Mason's records. And Mason took down a lot of Whedon's records. And Whedon took a, a lot of Gundy's records, right? So that's how it's supposed to go. Um, but, you know, he is what it is. He's a, he's a gambler. He likes to think quick. He likes to react quick. He likes to play quick. And it, and it traditionally works for him, you know? Is he going to light up the scoreboard and, 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 again, be on that top five going to New York top of Heisman list? No, maybe not. But what he is is the leader of our football team. And that is very, very evident. He's going to play, right, unless he's got a leg hanging off of his body. And that's something that we all need to remember Spencer Sanders for. It's not going to be necessarily so much about the records because people are going to say that he was there forever and X, Y, and Z, right? 
But what it is going to be about is what he does and what he's about. What he's about is the Oklahoma State way. Right? You see him in interviews. You see him with his parents. I'm not going to lie to you. When he, we, we were recruiting him, when I watched some of his interviews, he just he seemed a little, honestly, either arrogant or bored or didn't want to you know, be with media or whatever. And he's grown so much, right? Like he's, I don't know, man. It's, it's fun to have him as a Cowboy. And it'll always be fun to talk about the Spencer Sanders comparisons to whoever else you want, right? Even maybe a Zach Robinson, right? Zach Robinson had Des Bryant. Zach Robinson had, you know, the Kendall Hunter, Dontero Savage types of the world. What does Spencer have? Well, let's think about it. Braden Johnson, fifth-year senior, returning from a major injury that's got jets that can just get it and go. And then you look at you know, somebody like Rashad Owens, who's now shifted in that cowboy back role, which I think suits him very well. He is too talented to not be on the field, and it's amazing that the staff was able to see that. But it did make you wonder, like, he is this good. Why is he not playing more? Well, now you see why. Look at just the way that the, the, the game was controlled in its entirety. From the wide receiver core, a young wide receiver core. Guys, at one point in time, we had all freshmen playing wide receiver. BP had a pretty pretty good day, right? Six catches, 60 yards. Um, had a coming out party for Bryson Green, which is fun because who was the one being talked about for the last two years? Blaine Green, the one who was originally moved to uh, that cowboy back tight end position that Rashad Owens is now at. Uh, he's out with a wrist injury, I guess, that's taking a long time. I heard a few weeks ago that he may be out for the season. It looks like that may be the case. But it's amazing to know that you got somebody right there that can fit right in. So you got the burner and Johnson. Guys, I made a comp to John Paul Richardson, you know, being kind of like a Dylan Stoner, David Glidden type, which I think is accurate. But that, that kid's hands are just on a different world. Spencer even said at postgame, the beauty of John Paul Richardson is if you get it within like five or six yards – 99% chance he catches it. It is insane. The kid makes catches in traffic that just, ah, man, they, they blow your mind. If you ever played wide receiver, those slants across the middle, especially when you're the underneath, right? You have a double slant, which we ran a lot of, to, uh, and it had a lot of effect. Every time the middle, like, middle linebacker blitzed, we hit you know that, that double slant in the middle of the field. But when you're making that cut, you know you're running right at the teeth of the linebackers and you got safeties creeping back. Like, it's not the funnest experience in the world, right? The higher the level is, the harder the hits are, the faster the game goes. And then you look over and you got all these freshmen. And they're just, they're dominating. You know, Bryson had his coming out party with 133 yards. JPR was right around the 60, 70 range with, with ridiculous uh, catch radius. Stephon Johnson Jr. had a little bit of his coming out party. Came up just shy of the 100-yard mark, but you saw what he can do. Spencer threw that, that, that dime on the sidelines. Spencer couldn't have put it literally anywhere else. But Stephon Johnson made that catch look like he's been doing this all day, every day for years. He looks like a Tyron Johnson Jr. year right now. And it just, BP, it, like we talked about, he got his. We did get beaten special teams. That wasn't super, super fun. But 
You know, it's about the caliber of people you have on the two deep. We've been talking about our two deep being the best. Even though I caught a little bit of flack from Texas fans, you know, for how dare I insinuate that we do have the best two deep in the Big 12. I think we proved it, right? And we had so many starters out and we still got it done. It's just like hiring. Guys, when you're trying to hire somebody, and I think this is the way Gundy views it, you want to hire somebody that you know is going to put in the work, do things the right way, and be a contributor regardless of what level it is. So what Gundy doesn't have is he doesn't have like, you know, a one single solitary place to do all this recruiting. But we do, and so do you. Guys, if you're going to do any type of hiring, you know it has to go through LinkedIn. If you want Oklahoma State level people on your staff, you got to do it with that that level of professionalism and LinkedIn does exactly that. It offers that level for you. It siphons through the people that aren't really going to be what you're looking for, right? And it puts you in contact with the people that um I don't know, know exactly what they need in a person and you're going to fit that criteria because LinkedIn does the dirty work for you. And guys, find a way to, you know, eliminate the the multitude of interviews that you don't need go to lockedon.com linkedin.com slash locked on college that is linkedin.com slash locked on college so yeah the hiring is the same as recruiting and clearly our hiring in the recruiting department is going very very well wide receiver you is alive and well ladies and gentlemen it's beautiful Listen, check this out, right? Okay, so I'm not even, I am going to make a video about the comps, but I'm not going to do it right here. I'm going to let your mind wander with me. Could you have ever pictured we have a Tylen Wallace prototype on the sidelines? We have a Justin Blackman prototype on the sidelines. We have a Marcel Aitman prototype on the sidelines. We have a Tyron Johnson prototype on the sidelines. We got a Josh Stewart with better speed and better hands. Right now, on the sidelines. This is all at the same time. One roster has all of these. You, you could even find a Chris Lacey and a Dylan Stoner in this roster on the sidelines. It's insanity. We're not going to have, I don't think we're going to have any any worries. That's why maybe I've been so confident in, in pumping Gunnar Gundy. The weapons are just insane. I'll give you a comp. We got a future Chris Carson at running back right now that's a freshman. We have a true freshman that runs like Chris Carson did his junior year at Oklahoma State. Same with Tyron Johnson. Stephon Johnson Jr. No, it's not a name comp. Look at the film. Look at what they do. Look how they break down their opponents. Look how they, they get as close to the opponent's feet as they can before they make any type of break. Right? If you can get up on his feet, you can... Take away half of what his hips can do. And Stephon Johnson Jr. does that stuff amazing. Uh, we're going we're gonna to have his dad on the show pretty soon. I did have that confirmed. And I think it's going to be interesting just to see the, the mindset that has to go into having that level of technique, right, with your feet. Uh, I remember one point in time I took dance class because I heard that Jerry Rice and Brett Favre were doing it. And I wasn't necessarily the most limber fella in the world. So I did. I took dance class. And I, and I, it was slightly ridiculous. Yeah, it was. But one thing that it did help me with was the balance. 
You know, I could take the little dance stuff and convert it to like standing on, on, a, on a curb or something at, in a neighborhood and having a, an extended catch radius based off of not getting off of the curb or, 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 a, or a four by four. And it did a lot, right? Stefan Johnson Jr. has been doing that kind of technical stuff. I don't know. I know he dances. I have a decent understanding of where Boogie came from. I'm not going to make stuff up, though, so we'll let, we'll let his, his father sort that out for us. But, yeah, he loves to dance. Uh, he loves to make plays. He's going to be a big-time receiver for us. John Paul Richardson, again, that catch raise is insane. We got beasts at running back. Now, Gundy's... Stubbornness is is ninety percent of the time a good thing. You know what I mean? It's good for Oklahoma State, but there's sometimes that it kind of isn't the greatest. And his loyalty to Dom is phenomenal, just like his loyalty to Taylor, Taylor Cornelius was phenomenal. And I appreciate and respect the fact that Gundy does, um, you know, he, he he does give credence to the whole concept of seniority matters, sticking with something matters, uh, and I appreciate that. But we, we, we need more Jaden Nixon. We need more Ollie Gordon. Dom has a specific role, and he's phenomenal at that specific role. Let's let him do that specific role. Let's let Jaden Nixon do his job, right? His 51-yard run, that cut that you saw at the line of scrimmage, or right beyond the line of scrimmage, one cut, that's something Dom typically misses. He misses that one cut. And, and, and if you're trying to do any type of zone blocking scheme, that one cut is massive. Put your foot in the ground and go. Again, picture Jalen Warren. That's what Jaden Nixon was able to do in his, his little touches. Even against Tech, he had a couple touches. And you could just see the shiftiness and speed and the, the, the vision uh, was different. Dom is a beast. Dom is an animal. Dom is a, a, a dozer, right? But... He has a job, and Jaden Nixon has another job, and Ollie Gordon has another job. Let's let these people do their jobs. And it does mean less carries for Dom. It does, right? But we got to do what we got to do. Uh, statistically speaking, what were our points, guys, when we jumped on the Locked on Longhorns podcast? Uh, our keys to the game were going to be Trace Ford and Colin Oliver, and basically the D-line in general, not letting Ewers run around. Uh, and be able to control the running game. First half did not happen. Second half, ding, ding, we did exactly that. And the stats indicate that. The players were all over the field. If you look at the film, it was a big day for Colin Clay. And that's awesome because when you heard about Brendan Evers retiring from college due to injury and, and, and preparation for the NFL, because it's not a major injury, but Colin Clay had to step up. And he did. He was all over the field. He was making plays left and right. Um, JT, right, those two picks, Huh, awesome, but he also had nine tackles, so he was also getting getting his head in there. He's a, a phenomenal uh, ambassador for university. It reminds me a lot of Colby Harvell Peel, which is good because that's who he learned under. Um, he's going to be a good one. Kendall Daniels seems to be in the right right spot at the right times a lot of times, but similar to Calvin Bundage, he's also just a missile that's all over the place um, as well. So it's going to be fun to watch him grow. The defensive line is. It's stacked. We knew that going into the season, but now we've had opportunities to prove it. Um, and, and, and we showed up in a big way. So, yeah, I think, you know, Trace Ford and, and Colin Oliver did their job. 
Um, I definitely think you see the improvements for Xavier Benson. He is really good now at stretching the field and filling those gaps, right? That's something we're learning how to master, to take away this own blocking scheme that a lot of teams try to kind of counterbalance with the inexperience we have a linebacker. Mason Cobb's all over the daggone place. No, I don't need to say anything about the Rodrigo comp and all that. It's all over the place, and he fits the bill. But again, the, the D-line did what they were supposed to do. Cody Walterscheid got in there and made, and made some plays, right? We are pretty squared away in that department. So I think that the second half adjustments, which were super minor, very, very, very minor, this second half adjustments were like moving an extra yard one way or the other. That We didn't change anything drastically. We changed things by inches, millimeters, and those things turned into miles if you do things the right way. The zero penalties, yeah, that helps, right? When you're going into the locker room and you're not having to have that conversation uh, about you know, how many penalties you have, that's a blessing because penalties can, can, they can shoot you in the foot. And, and Texas did kind of shoot themselves in the foot, uh, both feet, a couple different times. And so if you would have went over to that locker room, say, you know, they had the, what, 14 penalties for 100-something yards. We had zero for zero for zero for zero. Like, that's something the players are going to be rewarded for, right? That doesn't stink. That's phenomenal. You go to the other locker room, Texas locker room, that's something they have to have a conversation about. Not only is their sideline a little off-kilter, kind of like Houston's, kind of like OU's, which I'm going to get to. Um, Supposed to be joining Locked On Longhorns again for a post-game kind of analysis show today. Should be in the next couple hours, so watch out for that. I just wanted to get on that show because there was a lot. I got a lot of love. I really did. But I also got a few people saying that I'm nothing but a homer. And I, I don't really know what I'm talking about, so on and so forth. So I'm excited to go on that show. I was going to go win or lose because I love the conference. And I think Texas is good for the conference at the moment. But I want, we're going to go on there and we're going to kind of break down how our, our keys to the game were spot on, really. There was only one thing we lacked. Um, and, and just to kind of, we need to grow my, this channel, guys, we do. And if, and if that means, you know, I'm calling it like it is elsewhere, we're going to do that. The stuff they have going on on the sideline is reflective of what's going on in the locker room because it stinks. And it's probably because their team's not using uh, sweat block. If they were using sweat block, maybe they don't have that many penalties. Maybe they don't stink up the joint with 100 plus yards and moving yourself backwards. Sweat block is going to be the one that hits the home run for you. Whether, it, again, you, don't be the stinky kid. But if your son's a stinky kid, help him out. If your son's friend's a stinky kid, help him out. Guys, get on sweat block. Uh, we are giving you a 20% promo. So go to LockedOn at SweatBlock.com. LockedOn at SweatBlock.com. Also available on Amazon. Get that 20% off. Give it to your Texas fans, right? Maybe just do that. If you're not Captain Stinky, your son is not Captain Stinky, and your son's friend ain't Captain Stinky, well, at least buy some, right? It's the giving season. Happy October, January. And give some to Texas because they need it because their locker room stinks. Right? It smells like hot garbage. So help them help themselves. All right? All right. So this game, from a statistical perspective, was another key. What did we talk about? We talked about Jaden Nixon and Ollie Gordon. 
And I also mentioned that from a stats perspective, and I, I think I said this on both shows, but I know I said it on one of my shows or one of the shows. Um, in my opinion, we had to have whatever quarterback, whether it be Gunnar Gunnar Spencer Sanders needed to get over 60 yards, that happened. We needed Jay Nixon to get over 60, 80 yards. That happened. We needed Dominic Richardson to get over 20, 30 yards. That happened. We needed Ollie Gordon to get over 30, 40 yards. That happened. Trace Ford, Colin Oliver, they did their job. The D-line was successful. We hit that key, guys. Jaden Nixon, Ollie Gordon, Dominic Richardson, Spencer Sanders, what they needed to do, we hit that as well. And then our other one, our big one, was time of possession. Now, here's where I'm going to have to eat some crow, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm all about it. So when you catch me on the Locked On Longhorns here, here in an hour or so, realize that I understand that I said I thought it was going to be a mixture of kind of the old school um, Colin Klein, K-State, just you know run behind your blockers, mixed in with a little bit of the 2011 Brandon Whedon type, type offense. We saw a lot of the 2011 Whedon style offense. We didn't see any really of... What I was talking about with the old school Colin Klein stuff. We did, however, have a couple pretty old school, like 38, 28 tosses, uh, which is kind of something new. And then obviously our screen game on the outside, we used to replicate what we normally would have in a run game. Guys, that's why the Brandon Whedon years, we just threw it all over the yard and we had it out of our hands within two, three seconds. Um, we had decent running backs, right? But we didn't have all world running backs. So we knew we had to complement our running game with some help on the edges. Did we get too predictable sometimes with those little flare and out routes, pivot routes? Yeah, we did. Uh, Spencer almost had a couple untimely picks due to it, but it typically worked. And our wide receiver core got to show off like no other. This Guys, we have the deepest roster in the Big 12. I'll keep saying it. I'm going to say it again on the, the Lockdown Longhorns deal. I'm going to say I've been saying it all year because it's true. And now we have six, seven starters down. And it, we're showing it. Guys, at one point in time, Gundy said we had six freshmen on the field at the same time on defense. And then on special teams, you got nine dudes that, you know, have primarily been reserves. And that's partially why our special teams kind of did get beat. Texas does have the talent. Uh, are they as deep as us? No, they're not. Is TCU as good as us? No, they're not. Guys, most of our second string would most likely beat Texas. I mean, sorry, uh, TCU. If we just foot on the gas, and I know I'm going to make some TCU fans, and that's fine. I, I bring, bring, bring it. I love it. But the truth is, the truth is, the truth. Sonny Dykes is having a phenomenal season. You caught Oshu at a time where clearly our quarterback wasn't rocking on all cylinders, and our coach just, you know, tried to go in protect mode, to protect the lead, to protect Spencer Sanders, to protect the offense in general, and it didn't work out. I want you as TCU fans to think in your noggin here, if Gundy doesn't do that, what's the outcome of that game? I, I think it's fairly evident. I think it's fairly obvious. It's not a talent. There's a, there is a talent differentiation between us and TCU. And I think it's a pretty massive one. But we'll, we'll get to that apparently in Arlington. we got a big game coming up against Kansas State. So uh, check in obviously tomorrow as we'll do some of the K-State breakdowns. It was good to see Bryson Green get his uh, 133 yards. It was good to see uh, Boogie, Stephon Johnson Jr., uh, get close to that 100-yard mark. J John Paul Richardson produced. Brandon Presley produced. 
Spencer Sanders threw home for 391 yards. He beat Quinn Ewers in the quarterback battle. Matter of fact, Quinn Ewers, I heard, was the first quarterback to ever have over like 50 attempts but not complete 20. Uh, he ended up with 319 yards, three picks. That was the big. That was the big thing. You know, Jason Taylor the second uh, played played his tail off. Mason Cobb's all over the field. Xavier Benson stretching out plays. Colin Clay looked really good. So happy to see Colin Clay. I want to see him do more because I lo I love his story. I love him being an Okie. I think it's going to do wonders for the D line when when we continue to move forward. We're getting a decent amount of speed on the field, mixed in with some of that Colin Clay type of power. And the Sioni, Sioni Asi type of power and control. And Tyler Lacey was all over the daggone field. It's fun to see the progression. We've been talking about Kendall Daniels. It's good to see him playing well. Jabbar Muhammad had five or six tackles. And he moved over from corner to safety, which I don't even know if he played safety in high school. at any. He may have. Uh, but I know he's never played safety at OSU. So to be able to do that on the fly just shows... What our, our, our depth chart is at multiple positions. The, the defensive backfield was a position that was like, you know, I don't know, one of the biggest ones to be concerned about. And then we're rotating six, seven freshmen in like it, we just keep going. It's impressive. It looks like Mason is kind of figuring some stuff out. It looks like that D-line is kind of understanding that this extra step, or this extra yard and a half is bad for the defense, because I'm leaving in an open gap. So, am I going to get all the sacks and tackles and accolades? Probably not. But am I going to control this area so much that I eat up at least one or two people to free up other dudes? That's what the second half of the Texas game looked like that was different than the rest of the year. We uh, uh, talked about this in a couple other videos. I don't want to say selfish, per se, but I think the D-line, I don't know necessarily a better word, complacent. Complacent of team responsibility as opposed to individual responsibility. I guess maybe a more eloquent way to put it. But, guys, we look good. Uh, we came back and won that game. Texas didn't let it slide, so Texas fans, calm down. You look at the sidelines. Well, you remember when Houston uh, earlier in the year had that issue where they were, you know, had players and coaches or whatever fighting on the sidelines? And then you saw some of it with OU on the sidelines a few weeks ago. And then you saw a little bit with Texas on the sidelines. You heard Resol from Iowa State mention, uh, I don't know, it was a year or two ago, um, that the, the difference is they have five-star players and Iowa State had five-star culture. Well, Gundy has talked about how he's built up this culture um, a lot, lot, lot longer than Matt Campbell has, has been doing the same thing. So Gundy has that track record. Um, and he's even kind of uh, alluded to how the culture, even though people try to dismiss it, it matters. Do the dudes matter? The players on the field? Yes, absolutely, 100%. But does having the right people around you matter as well? Yeah, like you look at our sidelines and there's just, there's no flinch. Almost lackadaisical, almost annoyingly like, oh, our guys are down by 14, 17, and they don't really seem to, not that they don't care, but you know what I mean? Um, sometimes we want to yell through the TV thinking the coaches and players can hear us, or maybe, maybe it's just me. I don't know. Um, but yeah, we did what we were supposed to do. We came back and we won that game. We controlled the second half of the game. No matter what anybody tries to tell you, look at the tape. That's what happened. We're super banged up. Our center position has been taking a beating. 
Um, obviously, we, we stepped in and did well against Texas, but hopefully that's something that we get resolved. Uh, you got some questions on, on some of the injuries all across the board. You're not worried about wide receiver. We need more Jaden Nixon, need more Ollie Gordon. Time of possession, we won 33 to 27 minutes, which was huge. We're doing what we're supposed to do. We're hitting our keys. We're, we're doing our film study. We're taking the right notes, and, and we're, we're getting the information out there. We beat Texas. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. And if they do, then you just regurgitate this information. 535 yards, 523 yards. And yes, some of that was your quarterback just trying to, I don't know, save face. Uh, defensively speaking, I mean, we spread it out all over the place. Um, I think you just the sideline shows everything. We didn't flinch. We showed zero fear and zero concern. And you guys on the other sideline looked entitled, as you have been, just like OU. Now, why Houston is in the disarray? They're in on the sidelines and has a team in the locker room? That I don't know. My guess would be it starts at the top. There's got to be some people at the top that are not paying attention to something at Houston as well as in Norman. And clearly, the 40 Acres has the same problem they've been having. Guys, it would not matter if they hired the reincarnation of Bear Bryant coming up out of the ground. Or if they went and got Urban Meyer. Because it's a culture thing. Matt Brown had to build them up. Every coach since then has tried to take over this inflated we're better than everybody attitude that is campus-wide, that is a, a cancer that you can't seem to fix. It, it doesn't matter who you coach. You guys got to start from the ground up. And if your fans won't just realize that this is a real thing and we have to be a little bit more okay with a complete rebuild, which means strip down the, B, the, the BS, okay, and just get your players to buy into something so they love each other and care about each other for some reason. So they can push for something. It starts there. It's not rocket science. You didn't you didn't completely you know piss away the second half. We won the game because we wanted it more. We act like we want it more, and we handle ourselves like we want it more. Y'all act like when you get a lead, it's a done deal. And it's been happening for years. It's been happening in multiple sports. So do I love, you know, the, the appeal of Texas? I do. But do I love beating Texas? <laughs> yeah, I do. I love beating Texas. I love beating OU. I love the camaraderie that we do have with a lot of the other Big 12 brands. I like the trajectory of the Big 12. Uh, I haven't, I didn't see the exact numbers. But I know the Oklahoma State-Texas TV numbers are going to be pretty good. Uh, our game for TCU, was a, we had like 2.3 million viewers. Their game against Iowa State, they had like 2.5, 2.4 million viewers. We're probably going to be obviously closer to 3 million viewers point. So you can't say that it doesn't matter that Oklahoma State isn't on the right trajectory. Um, this is going to be fun. I keep saying it. Keep rocking with me. Keep riding. And while you're out there cruising and, and listening to this awesome sauce that we got for you don't forget to download the upside app everybody um if you download the upside app if you don't even know what it is it, it's an app 
that you get gas and you get paid for putting fuel in your car. Yeah, I know. Sounds crazy to me too, but it does work. I use it. I used to help, uh, uh, used to help Grubhub a little bit. And right now, if you, your first $10 that you spend for upside, they're going to give you five bucks back. So if you go put 10 in the tank, you got 50 off phone free from upside. All you got to do is download the app, get it working, get it rocking and rolling, make that purchase, get that money back, keep them greenbacks coming in, in, in the pocket for the, for the fuel department. Yeah, OU is a mess on the sidelines. Texas is a mess on the sidelines. Houston is a mess on the sidelines. A lot of teams that are dysfunctional are that away. That's why you're losing. You could have Newt Rodney out there. Doesn't matter. Mayor Bryant, doesn't matter. Nick Saban would because you guys respect that man so much that you would shush it and you would let him rebuild his way and you might complain about it, but you're not going to throw money and complaints at situations all the time and expect it to equal an automatic result. That's what you do. You got to fix it. And it's not Steve Sarkeesian's fault. It's y'all's fault. Fans fall. It's terrible. Look, I just, I don't get it. Um, but I appreciate you guys stopping through Stillwater. I appreciate uh, you letting us put that whooping on you in the second half. I appreciate Gundy being more aggressive. Although, that just, <laughs> clock management coming into halftime, we covered a little bit. But that was that was stupid. Um, unfortunately, that's we see that type of crap a lot. It's okay. We made the right corrections in the second half. Mason, Derek Mason, thank you, brother. You looked a little bit like Knowles in adjustments. It was beautiful to see. It was fun to watch. It's great to kind of, you know, be be on that that trajectory seat to go to Arlington. If if things stay face, we take care of business as we can uh, in Manhattan, K-State. But if things stay face, it looks like we're going to rematch against TCU. And I'm so excited because I'm so confident. I'm insanely confident. I don't care who we play in Arlington. If we keep our foot on the gas 24-7, we're going to win. Just that That's just it. We're better than everybody else in the Big 12. You can bet money on it. And you can bet that we'll be in Arlington. God bless. Go Pokes. I love you all. See you on the next one.